The Comedy Zone podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. From Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast. Email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your hosts, Will Jacobs and Jason Allen King. Welcome to the Comedy Zone Podcast. Uh, back at you once again, like we do every week. We got uh, my two partners in crime here, partners in potting. Uh, Jason Allen King and Brian Baltashevitz. Gentlemen. How you doing, buddy? I'm I'm well, man. I'm well. How goes it on your end? Yeah, things are things are going really well. Glad 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 to hear you guys are doing well. Brian, what do you say, buddy? Hey, everything's uh you know what? It's it's fine. Ultimately. It, it's fine. <laughs> I mean there's really I'm nothing new. From, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like yep. Jason overdid it with the really well. Like, <laughs> probably who who is doing really well I, really he did yeah. i tend to skew more yeah. positive guys see i'm just a ray of sunshine he, over here people are dying all around us and he's very well <laughs> it's just it's sociopathic behavior is what i'm figuring out <laughs> <laughs> as long as i keep 15 minute funnies going he's very well yeah yeah i got that twitching eye thing going right now so everyone be careful <laughs> Well, uh, there's so much going on, uh, so many things I wanted to talk about this week. First of all, we could do an hour on the sports world, really, uh, because, Jason, I don't know if you saw, Gronk is about to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Did you see this? I did, but I don't want to do an hour on sports. (laughs) No, I don't want to do an hour on sports. But it's just, it is so, we could do an hour on sports. I don't think we've ever... Maybe. Have we ever done an hour on sports? Maybe. I'm, I'm sure we have. Yeah. yeah. I don't think any of us want to do an hour on sports. I could. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it is amazing news, uh, especially considering that Tom Brady just got kicked out of a uh, Tampa uh, public park where he was working out. Uh, have you heard about that? I did see that. Yeah, I did see so that. Al Gronk's moving down there. Once I hear, I mean, this is Bruce Arians too, so uh, that's a very dangerous combination right there. We are we are giving up, you know, Boston for Tampa as uh, a new villain in the league. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting, man. They yeah, they had a few weapons already, so you pair them with Mike Good, Mike uh, Godwin, and uh, who's it, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Mike Evans, uh, that's that's the name I couldn't come up with last week. Yeah, Mike we Evans. We talked about this. It was Mike Evans. That's exactly what I was thinking of. All right. Uh, yeah, that's that's exciting news. And, and the, with the draft coming up, um, yeah, I don't think I'll pay attention until Friday night when, when the Steelers have their first pick unless they make some moves to get up a little higher. But are they going to let the Eagles participate this year? <laughs> I think we have pick 21. Nobody wants them to pick anybody. <laughs> <laughs> we need a receiver. We need a receiver. That's what I'm just interested to see how this thing's going to look because yeah. now, of course, you don't have Radio City Music Hall. You don't have some big venue. You got cats skyping in from their houses uh, to, to do this draft. I guess Goodell's going to be sitting, 
you know, by his fireplace or whatever, reading off the damn picks. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be uh, you know, Brian and I just, uh, before you got on here, we were talking about this is the new normal and, and what are the things that are going to, you know, change indefinitely as a result of, of what we're doing. And I think this is a pretty significant, you know, it's a, it's a cultural thing that some say it's the best day in football, you know, one of the most exciting days in football. So, yeah, we're going to see what this is like. I don't think the I don't think anyone's going to be less engaged in their teams. I mean, we're expecting a season. So, you know, um, well, what know. does a you know, is it a season with fans? Is it, you know, I mean, I, I wonder what kind of season we're looking at, because I, I, I guess that just as a general question, could you watch sports with the same vigor and interest if there were no fans and just players on the field? Well, we should probably ask Brian that. Brian, what's it like to watch a team that has no no fans, basically? Well, actually, in defense of the Detroit Lions fans, they have sold out repeatedly over the decades. <laughs> that so that that, but yeah, I uh, I don't know. Maybe don't, can you imagine watching? Gonna... <laughs> Brian, and to piggyback on, real quick, to piggyback on Jason's question, what was it like as a player with no fans in the stands uh, when you were in college? <laughs> yeah that's um, a fair question i the um, i mean there were games when you know we played in front of maybe 500 600 people in college it, it, i went to a smaller division two college the stadium held without so when the one end zone uh, didn't have stands in it the stadium held about maybe four thousand. but uh and we were not a particularly good uh football team but um early anyway but uh you know it's it's i mean the fans do play a role in kind of how jacked up the players get and you know i think if you are playing you know an nfl football game with a lot on the line uh in front of an empty stadium it, it i mean there's not much different than you know it's not that much different than a scrimmage then like you know opening up training camp um you know, I think it will definitely affect the, the quality of play. It would have to. It will certainly well, affect uh, home field advantage. I mean, that that aspect of playing in, in Seattle, for instance, is, may not have the same effect if that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Well, also, I mean, as a player, what is it like? I mean, maybe you don't want to hear everything. Like every crash, every collision, every snap of a li- everything. Yeah. You know, like, I don't even know if I want to hear well, all yeah, of the sport that violent. Right. Um, to your point about the, the like the WWE uh, live events without the um, without the fans, it's a different experience listening to it, isn't it? Well, yeah, it is. It is. It is. I, I don't I don't watch it nearly as much. Um, mm-hmm. I, it's just I, I just I mean, watching football, I just. I can't even picture it, man. I don't know if I'd be interested yeah. in that or not. I, I can say that I, you know, just from here, I, I think it would be fine to watch it. But I, I got to be honest, I, th- I think we're going to, I mean, not to get too far, you know, in the weeds, but with all the protests that are happening now, the idea of not having football in, you know, four months or whatever it is, what, what month is this right now? Yeah, four, four, four to five months. I I feel like if, you know, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe there's going to be some kind of uh, 
social distancing measures that they take in the stadiums. I just can't imagine that they're not going to have anything. But, you know, I've been wrong before, like twice. I think twice I've been wrong. <laughs> this Today? This evening? <laughs> I'm wrong a lot, Will. Is that what you want to hear? <laughs> yes, I'm wrong often. Can we, get, can, we, can we get your lady on the phone and ask this series of questions again? <laughs> yeah. That's oh, where that the, came from. Just from I mean, every one of us has a significant other right now that would say we're wrong all the time, so that's no okay. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, it'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, it is. But, you know, I mean, the ship gears a little bit. Did you guys see any of this Jordan documentary? The Last the Dance the on ESPN? The Michael Jordan documentary? No. Oh, my no, gosh. I have not watched any of it. Oh, so you guys, you guys are just not basketball fans? Correct. Je- yeah, Brian, I mean, I, mean I, I, I'll, speak, I'll speak for me, for me, for Jason, Brian. I'll let yeah, you for yourself. I uh, have uh, very vivid memories of that era because I was a I was a Pistons fan at the time mm. um, when the Bad Boys were playing. You know, when they were coming up and Jordan's Bulls were kind of trying to uh, uh, pass the Pistons. And so I, 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 you know, not a I was respectful of Jordan's ability, obviously, but you know, not a a super fan of Jordan since he was, you know, played for the enemy and then they took Dennis Rodman and, you know, all that from the Pistons. But um, yeah, I, I'm just not that interested in, plus it's 10 parts. I don't know if I can commit to, I mean, I know I don't have anything else to do supposedly, but you know, I don't know if I can commit to 10 parts. I am all in on this. <laughs> I'm all in. I can't, I mean, cause, cause I grew up hating Michael Jordan. And right. hating the Chicago Bulls because they just kept kicking my team's asses. I was a Philadelphia yeah. 76ers fan. And, yeah. you know, I mean, it was just, I mean, it's just like Jordan kept so many great players from winning championships. Yeah, like right. all yeah. of my favorite, like Charles Barkley, like Charles Barkley is probably my favorite athlete of all time. And, you know, it's like he kept him from winning. He's just, he was just so dominant. And to see a documentary about that, even over 10 parts, man, I mean, that guy's. He's got so many twists and turns and highlights. You could do a hundred parts. So I'm just I, as a basketball fan, even though I hated the guy, I uh, I'm, I'm very I respect him now. I think I just hated him then. I didn't respect him, but now that I yeah. look back, I, I have respect level for him. It's not that different from what uh, I mean. It, it may be a little bit, but it's not that different from uh, Tom Brady right now, and he, who he mm. has, he is somewhat. Marginalized, not to change the subject, but he's marginalized some amazing quarterbacks. You look at a guy. I mean, maybe not the best example, but Philip Rivers. Mm-hmm. Not that they've they, they've you know faced off to the point of knocking them out or whatever, but but there's a lot of guys that I think Ben Roethlisberger, just because I know more about Pittsburgh, I think would be a higher ranked quarterback if he didn't have to continuously face Brady in the playoffs. And, and yeah. you know he they they've had the Steelers number for a decade now. And Ben's got astronomical numbers, so you know I, I can see I can see exactly your point that that Jordan was such a force um, that uh, yeah that he 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 just he kept that from from other players. It's kind of kind of amazing. I mean that's why he's one of the greats, right? One of the greatest. The greatest. I don't. I don't. I mean I think that the majority of folks have him. Basketball fans have him as. The greatest player, but LeBron. I mean, LeBron's LeBron is creeping up, but I think 
at this point, still Jordan is. Right. So, so my take on, on what, you know, the greatest is like, you know, there's a couple criteria, I think, that you, to be the greatest. Now, whatever, no matter what we're, you're talking about, right? And th I think that is, did you, you know, did you change the game in some significant way? Mm. Is the game different because you were there um, is, is a like big that. one. Uh, do you, did you sort of, whatever this player or person is or whatever, did they uh, affect parody in the league, right? Were they, were they separate from parody of the league? So when he was playing, yeah, there were some other players who were, who were really good or whatever, but he was so much significantly better than everybody else that he, he kind of bucked the, the parody in the league of, oh, they're all athletes. They're only a percentage better or worse either way. Jordan seemed to be far distant from everybody else in certain aspects of his game. Like a couple of those criteria seems like Jordan did that. So I, I think Tom Brady is, is doing that, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. I do. I agree. And I think that as time passes, I think we'll look back and have a deeper appreciation for what that guy was and what they accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it doesn't seem to me like LeBron is, is he, he's certainly, you know, physically superior, I think to a lot of players, but is he so much better He's so much better that he that he makes you know. Um, I just don't know enough of the other players to to really give a better example. Mm -hmm. of, does he just make somebody else non-existent on the court the number one on some other team? You know, I'm not sure. Does he do that? Yeah, it's it. The only um, the stat that I saw the other day that uh, caught me by surprise, and I guess I knew it kind of, but hadn't really acknowledged it, was that LeBron has been to nine straight finals. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. That is insane. <laughs> that is insane. He went to um, nine not all of those, straight finals. Not on the same team, um, and right? not all of those no. teams were like um, were like you know the stacked Miami Heat team or anything like that. Like he took Cleveland to the finals. Yes, you know? yes. he came back and took um, Cleveland. Right? Isn't that how that went? Or did he take Cleveland and then he went to the Heat and then back to Cleveland? Right? Well, he took Cleveland and lost the first time or the first couple times, right? And then mm -hmm. went to Miami and finally won. Then went back to Cleveland and won. Yep, I think. Yep, that's, that's exactly how it happened. That's significant. And there's yeah. a, and he may have won it this year. I mean, that team, that Lakers yeah. team. Was maybe yeah. the best team in the league, certainly top two yeah. or three. No kidding, man. Yeah, I'm I'm way out of the loop with that. It's fascinating to hear that. So played in the finals every year for a decade. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you an interesting thing, like a lesson that I that I kind of took from it, and this was actually from uh, an interview that they did with Steve Kerr about the documentary. Steve Kerr being one of Jordan's teammates. And eventually he won a few championships with the Golden State Warriors as their coach. So they were talking to Steve Kerr about that era and how Michael Jordan was and stuff. And there was some play where uh, Jordan or somebody passed the ball to Steve Kerr late in a playoff game situation. And Steve Kerr takes the shot and like misses the shot. But then somehow Steve Kerr ended up with the rebound. And he passed it back into Michael Jordan, and Jordan scored, and they ended up winning the game. So the, the person asked, they were like, well, how terrified were you with that shot? Because, you know, Michael Jordan is, like, famous for, you know, how he would get on teammates and how he would, you know, he just demanded perfection or whatever else. And they said, so were you terrified taking that shot? And Steve Kerr was like, no. He said the thing people don't get about Michael Jordan was, 
Michael Jordan didn't get mad because you didn't make the shot. Michael Jordan would get mad if you wouldn't take the shot. And I think that there was just a serious, like, you know, because he's the best ever. If we're having a Mount Rushmore conversation of American sport, there's no question Michael Jordan's on there. And, you know, I I just saw, I thought about that. And I'm like, yeah, you miss, you know, 100% of the shots you don't take and all those things. But the greatest of all time in his profession, you know, he was angry if you didn't take a shot. And that applies to comedy and everything else. Like, you know, you got it. You got to step. That's when you can be mad at yourself is if, you know, the results can vary. But, you know, if you don't take the shot, that's the thing to be mad about. That's a, yeah, that's certainly not what one would have would have thought. Uh, no, no. How he would feel. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's really fascinating. Yeah, th- this is this was an attitude. And I, I talk about my dad and stuff, how we were we were brought up. We played sports and everything. And everyone in our family who played sports had the attitude of if the bases are loaded and there's two outs and you're down by, you know, a run or whatever, like I want to be the guy up to bat. Mm-hmm. I want to be. I want the ball hit to me so I can throw the guy out. I want to be in the position in the most important time. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. if you didn't want that, what are you playing for? Right. That was the kind of the level. That that to me kind of smacks of like a, a that's a that's a something that Jordan is is saying and expressing to his teammates. It's like, no, you want to be in that position. You want to be mm-hmm. the guy. Give me the ball. I want the ball. I I will make it happen. You know, I want to be up to bat, hit the ball to me, whatever it is. It's kind of, that's kind of awesome. It's such a great mentality to have. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I know. How many are they in now? How many? Well, there are two, two, I think they're going to run two every Sunday for the next four Sundays because it's 10 hours. Yeah. For five weeks. Mm -hmm. Wow. Oh, that's great, man. Yeah, so and, and it was supposed to come out later in the year, but they released it early because of the pandemic yeah. and stay-at-home stuff. Yeah, I, I was actually just talking to Ike about it. He was excited to watch it. Um, oh, yeah, okay. That's right. He's a Hoops fan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's also a Philly guy, which is makes sense. Well, he's – I mean, that's why we've always gotten along. <laughs> you know, we see eye just to sim- eye on a lot of similar things. people, you know, similar people and similar <laughs> sensibilities <laughs> and terrible opinions on – so okay oh actually you know what i wanted to run uh, a a bit of a dilemma by you guys okay um i was well should we wait well uh, before we do that do you want to take a break um, is this something that yeah yeah let's yeah yeah yeah, let's take a break it's gonna take a little bit yeah okay we'll be back Soreness and pain isn't always the result of activity. This is a 60-second wellness tip powered by Ortho Carolina. Prolonged sitting in a car or at your job aggravates muscles and joints and can cause pain. A standing desk can help. The key to alleviating the discomfort that sitting can cause is changing positions more frequently during the day. Alternating between sitting and standing at your desk, in addition to taking walk breaks and stretching, can work to loosen those tight muscles and joints. The perfect standing desk should be high enough so your computer keyboard is at elbow level and your monitor at face level to avoid neck strain. Before you start standing at your desk, 
Take into consideration any knee or foot injuries and wear flat, comfortable shoes. This has been your 60-second wellness tip powered by Ortho Carolina, official team physicians of the Carolina Panthers and proud sponsor of the Queen City Podcast Network. For more tips or to make an appointment, visit orthocarolina.com. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> I used to love that Came song. Amen. for the backup. I appreciate that, Jason. Thank you for having my back yeah. on that. that Sammy used to me. love that when I go, welcome back, welcome <laughs> back, welcome back. So welcome back, everybody. Uh, so I, I teased, a, we teased, actually, I didn't tease it. I was just going to plow right in there, but Brian threw up the <laughs> third base hold sign and i slowed it down yeah so so it became a tease so i am i I woke up today and i looked in the mirror and i said you know what i'm cutting my head bald that's what i'm doing whoa yeah Uh i said i'm cutting my head bald uh i was just tired of combing it um tired of why just it's just everything associated with upkeep of a hairstyle i was tired of it and I said nobody's gonna see me anyway. So if it's a if it's a disaster and I mess my own head up, who the hell's gonna see it? So I was like, this is the perfect time to do it. And then if I screw it up, I can just grow it back. Well, I told my wife this, and she was like, "What the heck are you talking about?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, what do you mean? I just cut it off and whatever." Else. She was like, "You need to let your barber do that." And I was like, is just cutting it bald? How much of a, like, how much training do you need to cut your head bald? And she was like, no, because I can see it getting messed up and this and that. And then when I first told her about it, I said, I probably need your help doing the back of it. So then she goes, well, and and how's it going to be? How do you know what you're doing when you need my help to do the back of it? I'm like, I don't need your help to do the back of it. You could not do the back of it. And I just look crazy, but you got to look at that. So I, you know, I, you either want to help me or you don't. Anyway, it, it it boiled down to she thought it was a terrible idea for me to cut my hair bald, and I thought it was just the thing to do. So that's where we're at in the household. I wanted to get you guys votes on this. <laughs> well, um, it's it's a big step, Will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> May have been influenced by the Jordan documentary. I saw a lot of a bald dude doing amazing things. That may have played into my subconscious, but that's neither here nor there. I'm sorry. What were you saying? I think that's where all haircut ideas come from is whatever (laughs) sports documentary you're currently watching should definitely play a role in what you do here. Now, I will say this. The one person who does have to look at that head all day has weighed in. That's true. 
That's true. So well, the only know. other person, because I got to look at it too. Well, in a mirror. <laughs> but I have to wake up being that. Doesn't that outweigh looking at it? I mean, not. Yeah, I was going to ask how much time a day do you spend looking into the mirror after all, and then I remembered who I was talking to. So. Yeah, see, uh, that's, you know, whoa. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> pew pew pew! Shots fired. Lasers fired. Uh, hey, um, listen. You know what I say? I say go for it. I've been seeing this a little bit of a trend. Some other people. My man. This. It seems refreshing, and it seems like it's fun. You want a new look? You, you get it. I've had my hair cut real short before. It makes you feel small. If you're trying to lose some weight, which I know you're doing, you're working out with your boy. I think do it. I love weight in. That's that's my two cents right there. Do it, buddy. Get yes. It. Come on, Brian. Where you at, Brian? Where you at? I think Uh-oh. I'm in the camp of it is your head, so you can do whatever you want to with it. Boom. However, that. this is unanimous. Boom. That's it. However. Oh. <laughs> Wait. Uh, however. 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 Uh, I do feel like the person that you are, for all intents and purposes, stuck in the house with. That's how she feels. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't think this was going to go this way, did you? Um, That she has made her feelings clear, as as Jason said. Um, So if you do it, and I think you should do it, but you have to be prepared that there's going to be some some icy days in the in the, yeah, in the Jacobs here household. In the, here in the, yeah, icy days in the spring. Hmm. Yeah. So it, there's a lot to consider because you're right. But here's the other part, okay? When my wife changes her hair, do you think she comes to me? <laughs> There's no consultation at all, (laughs) at all, at all. Finally, finally, I begged her to do this one hairstyle because she did this one hairstyle like years ago and I loved it. And I I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe you could do it for my birthday or all that stuff. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll do it for your birthday. Well, my birthday came and went and she didn't do it. So then eventually she ended up doing it. So she finally did the hairstyle I like. Or I mean, she well, she's had other hairstyles I like. I don't want to put it like that. She looks great with every hairstyle, but there's yeah, one but... I I like the most. And uh, so so she she had the hairstyle, and then one day she just switched it and did the other thing. And I'm like, you didn't even come to me to tell me you were gonna stop doing the hairstyle I liked that you finally did. She didn't consult me at all. She didn't say, hey, prepare yourself. Next week I'm changing it back. She just did it. So now she wants to do like, you know, a primary and a general election and talk to everybody about what I'm doing with my head. And you don't and you don't consult me on nothing. What's up with that, Brian? What's up with that? Uh, Listen, nobody ever said being married was fair. (laughs) That's good. That's a solid solid response right there. Rules do not all the rules are the same. I think not all the rules are the same. It is for better or worse. Depending on what side of the aisle you're on, it's not always. Right. Not always as long the same as you understand rule. that you're, you will mostly be on the worse, then that's fine. Everything's, everything's Brian, fine. that advice was so good. It's like something that would have come from a mystical black man in a movie. 
<laughs> I consider that a compliment. Well, thank you. Some sort of. Uh... <laughs> Why you got to be mystical, Will? Why you got to be? I don't. Mystical? I don't know. I, I wish I. I wish I could ask one of the guy, one of the directors. <laughs> Why can't it just be a regular? I don't know, but they always, you know, they're mystical and they, you know, like Bagger Vance, they're carrying some clubs or they're uh, mopping up. Blue collar mystical figures. (laughs) Are they like like, uh, Lawrence Fishburne in the Matrix, that kind of thing? Or Or well, from Rudy. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Man, that hard clap at the end of the movie, God, that gets me every time. He does that. Like, Rock was a very slow clops. Oh God, I love that guy. He was so underrated. He was so underrated. They had a great. He had a great show on Fox. Me and my oh buddy my were talking about the other day. Hilarious sitcom. He was so. Uh, and actually, Jason, you probably would would uh, know this reference. Then, my buddy said that my comedic style reminded me of him. Really, really. Ooh, that's a compliment, man. That is. Is it? I I, I kind of took it that way. Huh. Yeah, I, I think mean, he's hilarious. I mean, I think that show was great. I just think he's I don't a want great to take your legs actor. out from under you. That's a really good compliment. I'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're the hard, slow clap at the end of Rudy yet, but you're on your way. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you could. I don't know if you could square up with the the, the neighborhood drug dealer and kick him out of your house. Kind of what rough. a great episode! But, I, mean, I, I wish everybody that. saw that show. <laughs> God, I love the Rock. He's he's the best man. He is. He is. he was the first Rock. This new guy doing all these action movies. He's yeah, he's yeah. he wasn't the original Rock. I'll just say I'll say, that. I'll say good luck, Dwayne. That's what I hear about. <laughs> <laughs> he's Dwayne until he reaches the Rock status. So then I can tell my wife I got two votes for uh, go ahead and do it. No, no, no. Leave me out of it. What? Leave me. Do not mention my name. Is Tara in the room? Like, what's going on over there? What is happening? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. His voice went high. Did you hear his voice go high right there? He was like, no, no. No, I'm just listening, guys. I don't know. I know better than to cross Sandra. I'm not. I'm not. uh, Nope. Nope. Whatever Sandra thinks. Oh, he he is afraid. Damn it. He is. Oh, my God. I think (laughs) that. you? You're the Lindsey Graham to her Donald Trump. <laughs> God almighty. Oh, man. The Ted Cruz. Gloves above the above the belt, buddy. My goodness. That is some, that is some harsh criticism. So I got I'm one vote that. for it and one abstention. <laughs> and I at least put you down as an abstention? I think that's fair. Yes. Damn, thanks, buddy. My goodness. I would say hey, part, part of how I'll back this up for, for, for Sandra is that uh, if it's getting if it's getting out of control, I'm pretty sure it's not much to look at right now anyway. At least you'll know that it's, you know. You are 100% kept. correct. At least you are 100 I, I told her the other day, I said, I'm so glad I got you. Like I said, I'm so glad I got you pregnant before this started. Because <laughs> the way I look now, it wouldn't have happened. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> The way I look right I now, kid number two would have been until until I was back in the barbershop. <laughs> in the gym. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I get my, it. Okay. I, 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 my waist is getting smaller, <laughs> but my, my hair is getting bigger. There's no doubt about that. Are you losing weight? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been working out every day. I mean, what else am I going to do? Really? 
Oh yeah. Sit around and eat. What do you mean? That's what I do. <laughs> I don't have money to buy food. What are we talking about? Uh, I'm not gonna spend on, my man. money on that. I got a I got a mortgage, man. I'm not buying food. You can get five food. double cheeseburgers from McDonald's <laughs> and eat for two days. You know what? I don't I don't eat fast now, food. Now you might die the next week, but you'll eat this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't eat fast food. I got away from that a long time ago. I don't I don't like it. Gross. Ooh, look at you. I, I feel like I, I, no, we've talked about this before. I, listen, I'm not the healthiest eater. I don't want to give that impression. I just have drawn a line there to uh, ugly shits every day. I would choose. That's the joy. <laughs> just inappropriate, ugly, ugly business. I don't. I don't want any of that. Oh, so okay. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up uh, is. I came up with a. I don't know if this is a new segment, like you know the the audio memes was a segment. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But I was thinking about it, and I'm like, so much of the talk around COVID nineteen and everything that is happening is justifiably negative. I mean, it sucks, right? I mean, it's horrible. But there are small bits of silver linings uh, that I have taken from this, like little small things, like uh, for example. I don't have to put not safe for work on anything I send anymore. <laughs> Everybody's home. I can send all of the, the crude, horrible things I want to send. And I don't have to worry that it's at work. That's right. Worst is the kids hear it. Okay, whatever. But you, but the, but work. Then they're just you the know, bad parents. They're just the bad Yeah. Parent. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I was like little small silver linings like, you know, I kind of like uh, not being expected to be anywhere. Um, you know, a lot of times I find myself dreading having to go to something I committed to. So now I never have that feeling. I never have to go anywhere. It's just yeah. been you struggle to be on time. <laughs> you struggle to be on time for a podcast at your house. <laughs> so, JC, we know we uh, we understand exactly what <laughs> how are you late from home is what i want to know well how did you manage depends on, it what depends was the, on what, what, what was the workaround <laughs> you're like ah god well, I, I don't know if i can make it i don't i don't know if i can <laughs> seven o'clock is let me see what i can do what is he doing? Where is he at? Is he just I've, in the living room? I've, he needs to get into the den. What's in the way? I've um, I've pet setted your cats. Will I know your house ain't that big? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brian, that was my spring home. You came to. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, that's a different story then. I should have said a different month other, than the month it so, is now. So, what are your other? What are the what are your other segments? So we got you got a couple more, oh, or is that? Uh, is that well, well, yeah. So so uh, maybe next week we can do more of them because I had a number of uh, small little little silver linings things. But also another thing I wanted to talk about was we had talked sports earlier, and I was thinking about it. Like, what is your most heartbreaking sports moment? As a fan? As a, as a fan. fan. Yeah, as a fan or as uh, someone who played sports? As a fan. As a fan. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna like the most gut-wrenching. I mean, for a lot of Bills fans, it's wide, what, wide right? Um, mm-hmm. 
I, yeah. I, all right. Yep. I, I, I got and then one. the Super Bowl one. after that, and the Super Bowl after that, and the Super Bowl <laughs> after that. <laughs> All right, so so as a Steelers fan, um, I was not around when we, you know, got four Super Bowls in the '70s, right? And the first team to ever do it, still have the most Super Bowl wins of of any team tied. Um, Thanks for that. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. But there was a That's time. Disgusting. Critical information. <laughs> I just figured that you guys all needed to know that. Yeah, thanks. So it wasn't as if so. While I have always sort of had the Steelers as as you know a team that that I always followed. Within my family and friends who and, and other sort of uh, fans, we never had a, you know, a Super Bowl of my own, let's say. So we, and, and I don't remember the year, I want to say it was the late 90s, we went to the Super Bowl and played against the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. And we were, were down, I want to say we were down by three, I don't remember exactly. But we were driving, everything was looking good. And then Neil O'Donnell mm. threw an interception. Yep. That looked like he got paid by the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> threw it right to the defender. Not even a Steelers receiver to be to be seen in the play, and oh. that ended the game. And man, that we had a party going on. It was going to be my first, you know, Super Bowl of my sort of era and generation. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was devastating. Mm. And now I think I feel bad for Neil O'Donnell because we have all but just erased him from our memories, except for that play. Damn. Uh, he, very, very mediocre quarterback. I know that that's not a real, real heartbreak considering how, how great we are every year, but that was devastating for my first. It was how you felt at the time. That was your heartbreak. Yeah, yeah it was bad. I mean, well, that sucked. That was disappointing. That was the Super Bowl in uh, Arizona, right? I think the first one in Arizona. You know, I, I couldn't remember the year or where it was, it was played. I'm lucky I remembered it was the Cowboys, if I'm being honest. Um, <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, it was the 90s, so yeah. whatever. I have a bad what memory about you, for stuff. Yeah, Brian, what you got? Usually every year, um, right around the third week of the preseason when the Lions get mathematically eliminated, that's <laughs> that's pretty heartbreaking. That that hurts. Yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah, that, that hurts. Mm. Um, probably. You know, I was I was covering the uh, Detroit Red Wings. I can't remember. I'm trying to think of now of what year this would have been. This would have been early '90s, '91, '92, '93, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like the second round of the playoffs, and the Maple Leafs took the Red Wings to Game Seven, and we were at the game uh, covering Ooh. it. And uh, the the Maple Leafs scored in overtime of Game Seven, and it was just I was, I mean, I was you know I was covering it as a journalist, so I had to be you know I couldn't react to anything but as a you know as a lifelong red wings fan and having seen you know the team be really really bad um and then kind of starting to play well by that point it was really really hard to watch as a fan Mm. and uh and then just to have to be you know in that locker room for post game afterwards and steve eiserman was crying and you know that was a uh as a as a fan, it was really difficult to have to kind of, you know, be a professional journalist and, you know, witness, you know, your team having lost a, you know, a gut punch of a, of a hockey game. 
What an um, interesting perspective that you have to maintain composure in a yeah. heart-wrenching uh, moment. Yikes. Yeah, that was rough. Um, That's like just... You know, and then to see like, like, you know, the aftermath, you know, in the locker room of the player, you know, I mean, the locker room just absolutely dead silent. You know, you could hear the wads of tape hit the floor and 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 uh, I mean, the players just speaking in kind of hushed, you know, well, we had an opportunity, but we didn't get it done. And, you know, that kind of, it was just, yeah, that was, that was really, really um, uh, much. And I was pro- I'm trying to think of how old I would have been by that point. Uh, I was probably mid-20s. Mm. There, so mm. I was an adult. You know, as a kid, every team I liked as a kid just sucked. So the, um, the Pistons weren't good. The Tigers weren't good. The Lions weren't good. You were just used to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually. I'm just... kidding, but also serious at the same time. Yeah. It's just another season, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But um, I mean, we had flashes of like, um, as Tigers fans, we had um, we had the bird for, for a season and a half um, uh, in the in the mid 70s. Um, uh, going way back you know we okay. had yeah oh yeah, yeah remember i am i'm as old as time you know <laughs> um, um i mean we would go uh they would pitch the bird every, he, just every for the games. record he's not that old everybody <laughs> right at all <laughs> but it's so, like i i was for a minute i was gonna try to let that go it's like this is a young person right we're talking about right now Nice try, Brian. Nice try. We, I was getting the violin out, and I decided, wait a minute, knock that Hold shit off. Hold on a second. <laughs> no, this is, um, uh, they would pitch uh, Fidrich every two every two games. He would pitch, and uh, uh, if they were home game, we would go. We would drive up and get bleacher seats. It was a buck and a half um, oh at God. the time for bleacher seats. You are seats. as old as time. Never mind. I take it all back. <laughs> buck and I saw, a half. I, yeah. Um, for Bleacher, I think I saw Fidrich pitch probably. I mean, if he if he had forty starts that year, I bet I saw fifteen to twenty of his of his starts that year. They just, they, they just um, wore him out, huh? Oh yeah, I mean that's why his his, his career was like eighteen months because they pitched him like literally every other game. Is that right? I, I don't know that much about that player, but every every yeah yeah, it's a lot. He was he was unhittable. It was it, it was it was amazing. Even as a ten year old, you realize like, man, this guy's crazy man is there anything anything more fun than seeing someone who's just like we were talking about getting back to like jordan and that who was just yeah changed it you're like we're watching something this is something special yeah someone who's yeah well well i yeah. we don't want to get too far away from your your uh you have an example you oh uh, it's funny <clears throat> it's kind of funny that you brought up jordan because he's a part of my most uh <laughs> full circle moment. yeah uh so i got to add a little context. So when I was young, my favorite athlete was Charles Barkley um, as an NBA player. It was just something about that dude that I just enjoyed watching him, cheering for him, maybe because he excelled at power forward and he was short and chubby. And I liked playing basketball and I was short and chubby. And there was just (laughs) something about him I connected with. So that was like my guy. Like, you couldn't tell me nothing about Charles Barkley, but I was always frustrated because he played with a Sixers team that was uh, pretty bad. And, um, you know, they were bad. They, they didn't put talent around him. You know, classic stuff. So anyway, he ends up getting traded to the Phoenix Suns. And I'm such a huge Barkley fan. It's the only time I've ever done this. I left the Sixers 
to follow Charles Barkley to be a Phoenix Suns fan. So I was wow. like a rabid, yeah, I was like a rabid, it's huge because I because I violated my cardinal rule, which is you you always cheer for the home team, like always, like. You're a fraud yeah, fan. Peter, I remember you talking about this in other conversations about sports. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Yes. And I think it was a combination of wanting to see Barkley win and such a frustration with the Sixers mismanagement of that team around him. So I think I was just like so mad. Like I th- like a funny story Charles Barkley tells is one time he's walking on the court and he looks across the court and there's like Larry Bird and Kevin McHale and Robert Parrish. And he had, you know, a couple guys with him that weren't good. <clears throat> so eventually, <laughs> when Shaquille O'Neal comes out and and uh, comes to the league, Charles Barkley goes back to management and says, "Hey, y'all, I want Shaq. I want Shaq." So he said they went and got Antonio Shackelford, who was considerably worse <laughs> than Shaq and probably shouldn't have been in the league. So, <laughs> so that's that's what we were dealing with as Sixers fans, right? So when he went to Phoenix, it was a chance for him to finally get his just due. So he goes to Phoenix. He wins MVP his first season. The team makes an amazing run. They go to the NBA Finals. And who are they facing in the NBA Finals? Michael Jordan. Okay. Well, who was Michael Jordan? Along with being the premier member of the Chicago Bulls, he's also my uncle, my dad's brother. Uh, my uncle's favorite basketball player. So now you got me with Charles Barkley and my uncle with Michael Jordan. And we have talked trash the entire series. Like, I'm like, Jordan. I don't buy that. I don't buy it for a second. (laughs) What? What's that? (laughs) Could could even get it out of my face. Of course you guys were talking trash to each other. My God, I can only imagine. It was ridiculous. (laughs) Like, like we call each other, watch the games together. So, it was, you know, and Jordan and Jordan and them had just won two straight championships. So they were trying to three-peat. So I'm like, we can end the dynasty. It's finally Barkley's time. Oh, I've been waiting forever. Oh, uh, dude, I used to sit there with my Phoenix Suns hat. But the thing was, you know, the Phoenix Suns being a West Coast team, their games didn't come on till late. So I used to get up at like 5 or 6 in the morning and, and bust into the room to see what the score was and look at the highlights. And then on, on the weekends, I could actually watch the games. So anyway. Comes down to game six. Uh, the Bulls are up three to two. Phoenix is at home, and they're attempting to beat the Chicago Bulls and go to game seven. Now, Phoenix had like kind of gotten the momentum from Chicago, and it was looking good in game six. And in my mind, if that series went to game seven, the Phoenix Suns were going to win it, and Charles Barkley was going to get his NBA championship. So it's game six. Coming to the final seconds, Magic Johnson at the time is a commentator. So Magic Johnson is on the air, and he's like, I'm telling y'all right now, if Phoenix wins this game, they're going to win the series. I'm telling you, I just see it. They're going to win the series. And I'm like, oh, God, even Magic sees it. He knows it, too. So I'm all in my uncle's face. I'm like, we got this. We got this. I think Phoenix was holding a two-point lead with about five to six seconds left. So I'm me and my uncle sitting there in the living room. My grandmother's in the kitchen. I'll never forget this. She's in the kitchen. So all of a sudden, uh, I'm like, I'm telling you, we're going game seven. It's over. It's over. We finally go beat the Bulls. They're coming down the court. Jordan comes down. Somehow it ends up in Scottie Pippen's hands. I guess they double Jordan. Pass it to Pippen. And once they, cra- once they got to Pippen, 
got it to Pippen. All the Phoenix Suns players crashed in on Pippen. So I'm like, okay, good. You got the two best players neutralized. Jordan's not a part of it. Pippen's not a part of it. All of a sudden, Scottie Pippen takes that damn ball and fires it out to John Paxson. Okay. Mm-hmm. John Paxson, uh, this guy for the Chicago Bulls, if you were naming the most important players on the Bulls, he's probably fifth out of the starting five. Okay. <laughs> Pulls up, and I'll never forget, it's either Marv Albert or whatever commentator, Paxson for three. And I'm like, no. And that, Brian, I'm telling you, it seemed like that ball stayed in there for five <laughs> minutes. Me and my uncle are sitting there with our hands clenched. Come on! Because if they miss the shot, it's game seven, and I know we're winning the series. All net. All net. Ugh. I mean, just sinks through. And uh, I don't it, – it hit – it was like a punch in the gut that I have never really felt since in a sports context. And I remember I was just sitting there just in a stunned silence. My uncle's jumping up and down pointing in my face. What did I tell you? George is the greatest. Barkley's a loser. I told you to stop rooting for loser. It, it affects you psychologically. Then you become a loser. You need to get away from oh these God. losers. I mean, this guy, and my, uncle's, my uncle's a professor. He's got a PhD in sociology. So this guy was really laying it in, right? He was using. He was using. Oh, his, he was killing me. Knowledge on you. <laughs> he was killing me. And then I'm, I'm just barely holding on. And finally, my grandmother walks in. And she's got my grandmother. She's a very she's a good woman. She's a loving grandmother, but she's a kick you when you're down type of person uh, <laughs> with with family, right? That she loves for some reason. So my grandmother walks in and goes. Uh, and she looks at me and goes, "What happened? Your your team didn't pull it out." And she knew what had happened. Like I just didn't want to talk. She knew what happened. Uncle said my uncle's jumping up and down. She knew what happened. She said that with a little kind of a little bit of a Cheshire cat kind of a little grin. And uh, I just walked up the stairs and bawled out crying. I lay, I lay down in the bed and cry. I must have been 13, 14 years old. I cried my face off. Cried my face off. That was the most heartbreaking sports. And Barkley ended up never winning an NBA championship. Uh, so yeah, that he, was he, he was a loser, Will. So I guess it was, that's yeah, it oh, and I have to give an honorable mention to Mitch Williams uh, with the Philadelphia Phillies. Joe Carter's home run uh, up in <laughs> yeah. the run absolutely gutted me, yep. gutted me. I was such a, <laughs> I love that Phillies team. That one hurt. Um, so yeah, that was the other. And Donovan McNabb honorable mention throwing up in the Super Bowl. We had a chance, <laughs> but then we won a Super Bowl, so I'm less you know. So whatever, water under the so anyway that that's it that's pretty spectacular man that's heart that heartbreak is real because i know there's some <laughs> people who are like ah you know it's just sports it's just the it's just the game guys it's just a game and i i uh i struggle with that mentality because you 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 know you get out of it what you put into it and uh there's a lot of time and energy and thought and heart and and everything that we put into these games cuz mm-hmm. I am a I'm a big sports fan not as big as probably mm-hmm. you know maybe the average person but definitely in football I mean you put everything you have into it you know you you want mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a reprieve from everything that's going on it's all the things we've you know we've all talked about it so that heartbreak is real and, and I think that there are a couple sort of common denominators in terms of what goes into those moments, because usually you expected a different outcome. 
right? So you thought yeah. like the yeah. Ernest Biner fumble, Buckner through the legs, uh, Bartman. Yeah. You were expecting a positive result. So it usually starts with that. Yeah, right. And then something happens, usually something pretty damn fluky. Okay, usually it's not something that happens all the time. It's from a player that usually delivers something. Right, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So something that something goes wrong. Yeah, uh, that it, 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 is right. it Tyree? Tyree catching it on his helmet yes. or whatever. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. So yep. I think those are a couple of the uh the ingredients in the sports heartbreak, but um, Yeah, oh. man, that's why that's why we love them. That's why we love the games, man. I yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it makes the winning sweeter. Because you have those moments along the way. For sure. Well, I, I made a really obnoxious statement to my family that I can't even believe I'm going to admit right now. <laughs> and this was early on last year. It was after Ben got hurt. And it was a it was a statement that was really more about the love of the game <laughs> than it was as obnoxious as the statement was. And, you know, we had, the year before, we had, you know, Le'Veon Bell. Um, uh, we just had the best. What the hell's the receiver's name? My, my brain told totally me. Antonio, Antonio, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. Yes. Juju Smith-Schuster. We had literally made moves on the defensive side. Like, we were going to be amazing again, like, as a team to make the playoffs every single year and yada, yada. And Ben got hurt. And I was like, you know what? Like, this, maybe this is good. I like it when the Steelers have to overcome adversity as opposed to. We're going to win most of the game. We're going to win 12 games, 11 games this year again. Yeah. I got complacent in being that good and that and I actually said, I was like, "Oh, this will be good. Now we there'll be some adversity we can overcome and it's not going to be such a we're not going to just waltz into the playoffs or whatever." So, if any Steeler fans are listening, uh, it was my fault. <laughs> you jinxed the whole damn thing. I I jinxed the entire organization <laughs> for years to come. I'm sorry uh, to say. Jason, wasn't there some sort of wager last year where you had to wear a shirt? Oh, yeah. Oh, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, what uh, happened with that? Oh, well, okay. I, it happened. It happened. And it happened during the Super Bowl. That there were <laughs> photographic evidence of um, uh, John Schwert, who's a friend of the podcast. He's been on. Oh, my colleague and writing partner and producing partner. Who, we've done a number of projects together is a fan of football and he called early on he said that the the ravens are going to have a better season than the steelers mm-hmm. and he talked because you know he hates the steelers he's a buffalo bills fan so what does he care he doesn't know anything about football and he was really laying it on thick just kicking my ass about it not on and on and on <laughs> and he was like yeah it's like oh you want to bet you want to bet you know you know and i'm thinking Surely the Ravens aren't going to have the year that they literally had after I made this. Bet. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, at least it'll be close. And uh, I and, and we made a bet that the loser, who whoever team had the better record, um, had to wear a, a T-shirt of the other's choice uh, during a Super Bowl party. And uh, he got me a Disney shirt. Uh, <laughs> wow! With the with the beast on it, and uh, and that's right. And the girls love the beast. Oh, have, so I, maybe I'll give you guys that that picture so you can put it up on the. Yeah, please do. I was going to ask you. Yeah, to I'm going to need to see that picture. Yeah, yeah, that's that was. Thanks, thanks, Brian. I might nice make Greg. that my profile picture. 
<laughs> that would be great. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yep, I felt good about it. I didn't at all feel good about that <laughs> for uh, a number of reasons. All of that, that's karma coming back and just kicking my ass. Thanks, everybody. It, it, it is It is interesting. I, I really wish, I kind of wish ESPN or somebody would do a segment on, you know, each fan base's greatest heartbreak. It's a great idea. You know, I, idea. I'd be interested in seeing that. Hey, by the way, on a total side note from what we're talking about right now, we're all familiar with Mark Brady, right? Uh, a, uh, is he Raleigh or is he Greensboro? I know him through, through Greensboro shows, but I think he might be a Raleigh comedian. You guys know Mark? Mm-mm. Nope. He's a, he's a super funny guy. He he is, uh, um, I think he's won North Carolina's funniest in the past, and he's a really good dude. And long story short, in in the uh, coronavirus era of everyone doing videos and stuff, he's been doing these videos of him shooting a little Nerf ball into a, his kid's little basketball net. And he's been doing every day, like day one, all the way up to like day 30 or whatever. Uh, and he's, I think he's still doing it, and he's been putting them out every day, and people have been putting collages together. He was just on ESPN's website Boop. and wow. saying, and I can't remember who the ESPN um, uh, person was. It was a, some sort of personality. was like, this, this keeps getting better every day or something like that. And they had all of the days of him shooting these baskets. Because he would have a theme to them, and like it's so funny. So, and if anyone's listening, uh, pull up Mark Brady's uh, uh, Facebook and uh, check out all of his shots. I mean, he has one where he's like uh, the Sasquatch day one is like Sasquatch shot or something like that. It's so funny. <laughs> I, I, that's all I'll say about it. But he's got he's got a ton of them on there. It'd be fun to watch. But he's getting yeah, a lot of I'm, attention because it's on ESPN. Fantastic. Good for him. It's all it takes. Heck yeah. Oh, don't don't be don't get me wrong. I'm 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 tying a noose right now. Like how do I how do I do this? What do I gotta do? To be do? honest, to be honest, I'm fuming. I'm fuming. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All he's doing is shooting baskets. I'm glad you I'm glad you said it first. I'm fuming. Yeah. I tried to play it classy and I was about to break, so glad you said it. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Well, yeah. Brian and I were just talking earlier. It's just like I guess I gotta look into TikTok now because I'm seeing that shit everywhere. <laughs> Good grief. All right. Well, you guys want to see Jason dancing? Make that oh, shit popular. No. Good grief. Horseshit's what it is. In a week, I'm going to be like, you guys see my new TikTok video? It's amazing. Uh, share my TikTok. Share my TikTok, everybody. Ooh, that sounds... uh, you see how horrible that sounds? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Good grief. Coronavirus is doing weird things to us, everybody. Mm. <laughs> that's a great note to end on so what uh yeah. anybody got anything coming up oh by the way fellas great job on your respective projects this weekend jason with a new uh what is it where in the world what is it? Uh, all over the place with jason that's Brian. right all over the place and brian the 15 minute funnies great work i laughed my ass off at it uh jason i thought uh again another great episode uh nice. yeah 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 so uh Good stuff, man. Keeping the people entertained. And I'm enjoying uh, kicking back and watching. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Yeah, we got, we got, a, I will have another episode out. Uh, and uh, thanks to Brian for who is the mastermind behind all of the. the oh, Brian, I, I got to yeah. give you an applause, yeah. man. You have been, you're one of the real MVPs of this pandemic. It's really Fauci and you. 
Yeah, I would agree. I think that I, I read that <laughs> on Twitter. Thing. That's appreciate. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thanks. It's it's. We have, uh, do we know yeah. who we have uh, this week, Brian? What do you got? What do you got lined up for us, buddy? Uh, we do stand by. I'm going to tell you right now. We've got uh scheduled to be on the show, uh, Cliff Cash. Oh, hey, love Cliff Cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're we're friends. Heck yeah. Uh, Court McCown. Right, another guy. Another. I'm a fan of Court as well. This is great right. so far. Uh, John Ellis. This this guy. From East Coast. I don't know how he, he keeps getting on these shows. <laughs> Jesus. John, he's give he's hang him up already, John. Of course, I'm kidding. <laughs> we're, we're we love John Ellis. He's great. I can't wait Who's to see John Ellis. I don't know. Uh, he, he's a comic. He's uh, with East Coast Entertainment. Um, and he's going to be doing kind of a Tosh.0 style uh, show. Oh, uh, in the middle. Oh, of the I got to check because I, I don't think fun. I'm. I don't, yeah. I'm not. I, boy, I was really hoping he hadn't been on the podcast. I was like, man, <laughs> I was going out on a limb. We had know, some Johns. Oh, is not. Yeah. Hey, hey, Will, That's you true. definitely should know John, and you probably know John. But oh, yeah, it. people people don't have they don't leave impressions on you. John's a very funny dude. I I tease him. <laughs> Because he's, because he's a good dude, and Will's over there just, I don't know. Bad to I ain't going to be honest, guy. man. I didn't know like the last three people y'all said. I was like, well, I'm glad Jason was saying something. I, I really can't wait, quiet. To see, uh, I can't wait to see what John does. And Will, you can pretend like you know. Who else you got, Balto? Uh, anybody else? Um, and then finally, um, Kale Evans and the good folks from Queen City Comedy. Of course, Kale. Some improv, yeah. So, uh, Excellent. And uh, Jason's thing and a couple other surprises. It's going to be a good show this weekend. So 8.30 at the Comedy Zone Charlotte's Facebook page. Look, looking damn. forward to seeing it because now oh. I get to see a couple comics I have not seen work. So everybody, uh, yeah, it'll be good. So I'm excited. Good stuff, Brian. It'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. Those are really funny people. Well, that's all I got, guys. I got some Thai food with my name on it. Uh, so, <laughs> does anything else? Uh, that's all I got. Excellent. Stay safe out there, everybody. And uh, thanks for your time, guys. It's always fun hanging out. Yeah, thanks, guys. Be safe. Take care. Yes, uh, take care. And I don't give a damn what your governor says. You stay home if you want to stay home, okay? We'll see you next week. Comedy Zone Podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone Podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Bumpashevitz. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever. 